Today is the 23rd day of August. I am Denise. Welcome to PsalmsCast. It's good to be here today to share with you some powerful messages from our Lord God. I find great joy and delight spending time getting to know the Lord better, like learning His many different names. Each one reveals another aspect or facet of His holy character. This week, as we are using the Tree of Life version of the Bible as our source document that uses significant Hebrew and Greek words instead of the more common English substitutes, I pray that you will be blessed. Last week, we touched on that God revealed His personal name to Moses to share with the enslaved Hebrews. That name is, I am who I am meaning that God is eternal and always present in every moment across the span of time. Yesterday, we were introduced to Adonai, which is Hebrew for Lord or Master. We also learned Elion, which is Hebrew for Most High, and is often used with El as in El Elion, which translates from Hebrew into English as the Most High God. So let's start into our journey for today. In Psalm 23, Psalm 53, Psalm 83, Psalm 113, and Psalm 143. Also, tucked at the very end of the podcast, for those who desire to go deeper into God's Word, we're exploring the Gospel of Luke, and today we are advancing into chapter 12. It is a powerful word for today. And we will also learn some new Hebrew and Greek words that will unpack greater meaning for us. So let's take just that brief moment as we do every day to ask the Lord to be the focus and to be our guide. Father in heaven, we come humbly into this moment seeking you. We desire to draw near to you, to experience your mercy, and your grace as we get to know you in a more intimate way. We ask that you would pour into us truth, knowledge, and understanding. We are desperate for hope. Lord, you know what's going on in each one of our lives and how we are seeking answers, and we need your input. So we are opening our hearts and our minds to you. Allow our lives to be transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask that you would lead, guide, and illuminate as we journey through today. Psalm 23 Adonai Rahe means Lord is my shepherd. Adonai means Lord and Master. Psalm 23 Adonai Rohe, a psalm of David. Adonai is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Adonai forever. Psalm 53 A fool denies God. A contemplative song of David. The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. Commit vile injustice. There is no one who does good. God looks down from the heavens on the children of men to see if anyone understands who seeks after God. All have turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good. No, not even one. Will evildoers never learn? They consume my people as they would eat bread and never call upon God. There they are in great dread, where there is nothing to fear. For God has scattered the bones of those besieging you. You have put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Who will give salvation for Israel out of Zion? When God restores his captive people, let Jacob rejoice, let Israel be glad. Psalm 83, we have two words that are Hebrew words in this psalm. Adonai, meaning Lord and Master, and El Elyon, Lord Most High. Psalm 83, nations conspire against Israel. A song, a psalm of Asaph. God, do not keep silent. Do not hold your peace, O God. Do not be still. For look, your enemies make an uproar. Those who hate you lift up their head. They make a shrewd plot against your people, conspiring against your treasured ones. Come, they say, let's wipe them out as a nation. Let Israel's name be remembered no more. For with one mind they plot together, Against you, against you do they make a covenant. The tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagarites, Gabal, Ammon, and Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre. Even Assyria has joined them, becoming a strong arm for Lot's sons. Do to them as you did to Midian, to Sasria and Jabin at the Kishon River, who perished at Endor, they became as dung for the ground. Make their nobles like Oreb and Zeb, all their princes like Zeba and Zalmunna, who said, Let us take possession of the pasture lands of God. My God, make them like tumbleweed, like chaff before the wind. As a fire burns a forest, and as a flame sets mountains ablaze, So pursue them with your tempest and terrify them with your storm. Cover their faces with shame so they may seek your name, Adonai. Let them be ashamed and dismayed forever. Let them be humiliated and perish. Let them know that you alone, whose name is Adonai, is El Elyon over all the earth. Psalm 113 From the Rising of the Sun Hallelujah! Praise, O servants of Adonai! Praise the name of Adonai! Blessed be the name of Adonai from now and forever! 
from the rising of the sun to its going down, the name of Adonai is to be praised. Adonai is high above all nations. His glory is above the heavens. Who is like Adonai, our God, enthroned on high, who brings himself down to look upon heaven and upon earth? He raises the poor from the dust, lifts up the needy out of the dunghill, to seat him with princes, with the princes of his people. He settles the barren woman in her home as a joyful mother of children. Hallelujah. And in our final psalm for today, we have a new word, ruach. The Hebrew word ruach means wind, breath, or spirit. It corresponds with the Greek word pneuma. Both words are commonly used in passages referring to the Holy Spirit. Psalm 143, Hide not your face from me. A Psalm of David. Hear my prayer, Adonai. Give ear to my petitions. In your faithfulness and your righteousness, answer me. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for in your eyes no one living is righteous. For an enemy pursues my soul. He crushes my life down to the ground. He makes me dwell in darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart is shocked within me. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. I spread forth my hands to you. My soul longs for you as a parched land. Answer me speedily, Adonai. My spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I become like those who go down into the pit. Make me hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you I trust. Show me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, Adonai. I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good ruach lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, Adonai, revive me. In your justice, bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all who harass my soul. For I am your servant. One of the first chapters of the Bible that I memorized from beginning to end was Psalm 23. The Lord is our shepherd. It was written by David. David spent his childhood taking care of the flocks and herds for his dad, Jesse. Being a shepherd, it is a very solitary experience, just you and a bunch of animals that you have to keep track of, provide for, and protect. When David was yet a youth, God had Samuel anoint him as king of Israel. He was just a youth. Each time I read over that section of scripture where Samuel goes to Jesse and he asks him to call his sons together, I think it's very cool because David had a bunch of older brothers whom the Lord passed over. Then Samuel said to Jesse, do you have any other sons? And he says, yes, my son David, who's out in the field. 
and Samuel has David called in. So this kid is anointed as king of Israel, yet his dad, Jesse, sent him back out into the fields to tend the animals because although God had anointed David as king, there was still a current king on the throne, King Saul. It would be many decades before David would be crowned king of Israel. God knew the nature of David as a young youth, and as this kid grew and matured into a man, he did not disappoint the Lord. David was humble, and he gave God the glory instead of getting all puffed up and claiming that it was he alone who brought victory for Israel. Throughout the years of my life, when the going was just hard to bear, it was this psalm, Psalm 23, that I would often come back to and pray over. I think it is very interesting that the first half of the psalm, David refers to the Lord as He. He guides me. He leads me. And then at verse 4, David gets very personal and he refers to the Lord with the pronoun you. So I went back and I reread Psalm 23 today, inserting you for all those first three verses. Wherever it said he, I inserted you, meaning God. And wow, it is so powerful. I would encourage you to do the same today as well. And then we have Psalm 53 with powerful words of the foolish person who just states there is no God. I was recording, and I had a deja vu moment. Wait a second, didn't I record this just the other day? So I stopped and checked to make sure that somehow I did not flip to the wrong chapter. It's happened before. And I was working around a headache. So, okay, I am reading the right psalm for today, chapter 53. So why is this so familiar? So I plugged in the phrase, quote, no God, unquote, into BibleGateway.com search engine, and boom, there are three Psalms that speak about those who state, quote, there is no God, unquote. Psalm 10, Psalm 14, and today's Psalm 53. Before today, I didn't realize that there are three separate psalms that speak about the fate of people who say there is no God. In all three of these psalms, the fate of that person is not positive. It actually is very sad. So often, we let words come out of our mouths, and sometimes we say that we're just joking or that was just unjust never realizing that words that come from our mouth have impact. They will either bless us or they will curse us. Up until this moment today, I never truly understood that saying those four words, there is no God, had such an impact on those who spoke it. God... We ask you to come into this reading of your word, to plant it deep into our lives, root it deep inside of us. We invite you each day to place your word down so deep that it is speaking to our identity. 
place it down to the core of who we are, not who we want to be, not who we pretend that we are, not any kind of face that we spin on things, but who we are. We ask that your words speak to that place continually in us, transforming us because of it into your likeness, into your image, into not who we are, but into who we were created to be. We ask you to do that, believing that you will. As we open our hearts fully to you, we believe you will fully come to us. That is all you've wanted was the invitation, the invitation of our free will from an open heart. And we give that. We give that freely. You have access to everything. Come with the power of your Holy Spirit into our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we have been working in the Book of Life Bible this week, and a lot of new words are being introduced, I thought it might be helpful to have access to the links used to create the content for each day's podcast. So yes, I will be placing the information about the words that we came across in the Psalms and in the book of Luke today over on social media. So if you desire to dive in a little deeper, that information is there for you. Now, for those who are desiring to dive deeper into God's Word, yes, there is another chapter of Luke here today. So hang in here for just a few more minutes as we wrap up this part. We are in Luke chapter 11 today. If you desire to connect with us at PsalmsCast, to share thoughts, to ask questions, to ask us to pray, or to request a Bible, Our email address is psalmscast at gmail.com. If you prefer to call or text, the number in the United States is 470-240-1509. For those outside the United States, you can use WhatsApp. That number is 1-470-240-1509. You can also use social media to connect if you would like. Psalmscast is on Facebook, Twitter, and MeWe. That's it for today. I am Denise. I love you, and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in five seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God, Luke chapter 12. Luke is such an excellent gospel. It is so down to earth, and There's so much to be gleaned and to be learned here. And yes, just reading through it once is not enough. And today we're going to mix it up a little bit more because the Tree of Life version of the Bible uses Hebrew words in place of some common English words that we read or that you're going to hear. So in an effort to make that a little bit more clear... Before we start reading, I'm going to go over some of the words that you are going to hear, and then we'll circle around after we've read the chapter and discuss it a little bit more. So as I read, simply allow God's words of wisdom to wash over you and to wash through you, trusting the Holy Spirit 
to plant the truth deep inside you. Remember the purpose of this section is for you to learn from the Holy Spirit how to apply God's truth in your life. So in this chapter of the book of Luke, chapter 12, we will encounter four different Hebrew words in place of a word that we more commonly know in English. The first one is Yeshua. Yeshua is the Hebrew name for Jesus. It means Yahweh the Lord is salvation. The English spelling of Yeshua is Joshua. However, when translated from Hebrew into Greek, in which the New Testament was written, the name Yeshua becomes basically what is the equivalent of the English spelling of Jesus. The second word we will encounter is Hametz, which means leaven or yeast, depending on which translation you're using. And at the time of Jesus, when he was teaching, Hametz would mean food made from grain or flour that had been mixed with water and left to sit and rise. It was considered leaven according to Jewish dietary law and thus forbidden for the Jews to use or possess during Passover. The third word is Gehenna, and many Bibles render this as hell. Yet, those to whom Jesus was speaking would have known the word Gehenna, which is a Greek word that means Valley of Hinnom, which is a physical place outside the walls of Jerusalem. In the days of Jesus, the valley was used as a city dump. Okay, so the Valley of Gehenna was not only filled with garbage, refuge, and sewage, but also with dead bodies that people were trying to dispose of due to crime, sickness, poverty, or shame. City officials occasionally sought to get rid of the garbage and also to cover the stench by igniting the refuge on fire. But since there were so much garbage, and since more was added every day, the fire never really died. It burned night and day, seemingly forever and ever. The fourth and final word that we're going to encounter today is Rauk HaKodesh, which literally translates the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 12. And aside with the disciples. Meanwhile, while thousands of people had gathered, so many that they were trampling one another, Yeshua began speaking first to his disciples, Be on guard yourselves against the Hametz of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and nothing hidden that will not be made known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light and what you have spoken in private rooms will be proclaimed from the housetops. I say this to you, my friends. You should not be afraid of those who kill the body, since after this they have nothing more they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear the one who, after the killing, has authority to cast into Gehenna. Yes, I tell you, fear this one. Aren't five sparrows being sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. Indeed, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Now I tell you, 
Whoever acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who slanders the Rauk HaKodesh will not be forgiven. And when they bring you to the synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, because the Rauk HaKodesh will teach you at that time what is necessary to say. A request from the crowd. Then someone from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But Yeshua said to him, Man, who made me a judge and arbitrator over you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed, because one's life does not consist in the abundance of the material goods he possesses. And Yahshua told them a parable, saying, The land of a certain rich man produced good crops. And he began thinking to himself, saying, What shall I do? I don't have a place to store my harvest. Then he said to himself, Here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I'll store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, O my soul, you have plenty of goods saved up for many years. So take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God says to him, You fool! Tonight your soul is being demanded back from you. And what you have prepared, whose will that be? So it is with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich in God. Instructions for the Disciples Then Yeshua said to his disciples, So I say to you, Do not worry about life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than birds! So do not seek what you will eat or what you will drink, and do not keep worrying. For all the nations of the world strive after these things, but your Father knows that you need these things. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things shall be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father chose to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and do tzedakah. Make money pouches for yourself that do not get old, a treasure in the heavens that never runs out, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Have your belt strapped on and lamps burning. Be like people waiting for their master to return from a wedding feast so that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Happy are those slaves whose master finds them alert when he comes. Amen, I tell you. He will prepare himself and have them recline at table and will come and serve them. And if he comes in the second or even the third watch and finds them so, they will be happy. But understand this, 
that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you don't expect. Then Peter said, Master, are you telling this parable for us or for everyone? And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager, whom the master will put in charge of his servants to give them their food portion at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whose master finds him doing so when he comes. Truly I tell you, his master will put him in charge of all his possessions. But what if that servant says in his heart, My master is taking a long time to come, and he begins to beat the young slave boys and girls, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know, and he will cut him into and assign him to a place with the unfaithful. That slave who knew his master's will, but did not prepare or act according to his desire, will be harshly whipped. But the one who did not know and did things worthy of a beating will be whipped lightly. From everyone given much, much will be required, and from the one from whom more is provided, all the more they will ask of him. I came to pour out fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already ablaze. But I have an immersion to endure, and how distressed I am until it is finished. Do you suppose that I have come to bring shalom on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, there will be five in one house in opposition, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Lessons for the Crowds Then he also was saying to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, instantly you say, A rainstorm is coming, and so it is. And when a south wind is blowing, you say, It will be a scorcher, and so it is. Hypocrites! The surface of the earth and sky you know how to interpret, yet you don't know how to interpret this present time. Why can't you judge for yourself what is right? For while you are going with your accuser to the authorities, make an effort to come to a settlement with him so he doesn't drag you before the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer of the court, and the officer of the court throw you into prison. I tell you, you will never get out of there until you have paid back the last little bit. Okay, once again, here in another chapter of Luke, we have so much meat. And I am sure you probably noticed that I missed two of the Hebrew terms that were used in place of an English term. So the fifth Hebrew term that was used in this chapter was Sadak. And other translations translate this as be generous or give to the needy. Many people think of it as charitable charitable giving, typically seen as a moral obligation. The word actually means justice, specifically doing the right thing by helping people or causes in need. And that sixth 
Jewish word we found in verse 51. Do you suppose that I have come to bring shalom on earth? Many other Bible translations translate this word shalom as peace. But that's just the tip of the iceberg of what shalom means. For many people, they think of the word shalom as a greeting that Jewish people exchange when meeting or parting that means peace. It is so much more than just the absence of conflict. At its root meaning, it actually communicates the presence of someone. Do you want to take a guess who that is? Over on our Facebook, Twitter, and MeWe links, I will post some reference tools about each one of these words so that you can have a better understanding of what is trying to be translated here and trying to be communicated to your heart. And sometimes by peeling back the English word that has multiple layers and looking at the Greek word or in some cases the Hebrew word, we have a better understanding of what Jesus was trying to convey to his audience and to us.